Hello. Welcome back to The Value Script. It's been a minute. <laughs> well, Meredith, we had to take a break. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still have a little uh, remnant of that break. Yeah, COVID took over for a minute. Yeah, I, got, I contracted COVID. And I didn't realize I had it for about four days. And then maybe even five or six. And then realized, wow, I'm getting sick. And it was getting into my lungs and started to really feel not great. And man, the biggest symptom I had was vertigo. It was so bad, I couldn't drive. Yeah, I had to go pick you up from work because <laughs> you couldn't drive home. I wouldn't have been at work if I knew I had COVID though. Right. Once I knew I had COVID, I didn't right. work. <laughs> Just want to make that clear, guys. <laughs> Thanks for throwing that out there, babe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was. You may want to cut after, that, bro. I don't know. No, wait, no, no, no. Because that was after you had tested negative. Oh, that's true. The vertigo remained. It's still. I'm actually. Um, generally, I'm good in the morning, and then like, yesterday, I was. I was totally great in the morning while I was trying to irrigate our alfalfa, and then I about one thirty, you know, ran out of energy, and then I started getting pressure in my head. And that's around the same time today, and I'm starting to get pressure in my ears again, and that pressure. Just man, it's tough stuff to deal with. It's like your body's yeah. betraying you. These are part of the, I think, part of the remnant of COVID here. I get to wear some <laughs> readers due to increased um, increased vision issues. What else did we? What else did COVID bring our lives? Oh no! Lots of time in bed, man. One thing it did. <laughs> our children are making sure their presence is known in the background. That we actually have normal kids. Most of the time, we have perfect angels. They're perfectly great. Do we need to pause? Yeah, I'll for go a check second? on those perfect yeah. angels. Yeah, <laughs> great. Are we back? Yeah, we're back. Did we ever leave? Maybe we <laughs> didn't. I don't know. Uh, one thing that was interesting to me is COVID messed with my brain, and I think a contributing factor was definitely the cough syrup of choice. Um, I went to grandma's cough syrup. You know what I mean? Um, and that. Really, I mean, serve some purposes. Uh, help me sleep better than almost anything else. But um, also, though, uh, I think added to some of the del- deleterious mental effects of COVID. And I noticed that after about two weeks of dealing with this, that my mental health or my mental picture, since I don't want to say necessarily mental health total, but just my the demons were creeping back in and I was starting to seek those things out again. I started feeling the pull in my, in my brain is what I mean by, by starting to seek. I was starting to feel the pull in my brain for those things that had been so self-destructive in my past and, and quite a, quite a bit of them. And I was puzzled by that and it's not fun and it's hard to deal with, but I started to kind of wonder like what's going on. And then I remembered in our episode that we shot with Matt Episode seven with Matt Brown, the intervention specialist. We talked about addiction and we talked about recovery. And um, it says, you know, if you relapse, one of the things that you hear in recovery and, and things that they thought is an expectation that is not necessarily ideal is that some programs teach you that relapse is part of the recovery process. It doesn't have to be part of the recovery process. You don't want to expect it to be. But if you do happen to find some relapse, that's really just a sign that you have more healing to do. 
And I realized I have some more healing to do because I started to relapse. Mm-hmm. What'd you observe? Yeah. Um, well, you just, you got to where you were just a little more on edge. Like you would get triggered more easily over just like little things. And, and it wasn't that we were right back where we started, you know, cause, cause as you heal, you progress and, and you gain tools to help you, um, get through those hard times. And, and that's not lost when you relapse, but it certainly did set you back a little bit. And so rather than just continuing to move forward, we had a little setback and, and now we're running again, back in the right direction. You're so nice. <laughs> I am so nice. I love you. I appreciate that you approach that with an understanding heart. It's, I know it's difficult for me as well. Um, I had, during that time, received some fairly negative feedback from not very many people, but a, you know, um, a couple in particular. And um, some of the feedback of, I thought you had healed, and what's wrong with you? And um, I thought you were over that. Some of that came from our own children of, what's wrong with you? I thought you were over this. Like, what's the podcast about? And I know we mentioned that a little bit in the past. And I started to reflect upon that as somebody going through a healing journey. When you hear things like that, it, it kind of makes me feel a little bit of shame. You know, like, I thought you were over that. Oh, jeez. I was too, but I guess it's not okay, right? And and it's not understandable, right? I guess it isn't okay, but it's you. You want to be able to be understood as a human being, and you want to um, not feel like you're an outcast. And when you do feel like an outcast, or you do feel like you're doing something that is not acceptable by any means, I, I feel like if you're recovery situation it sends you deeper down the other side and you start to feel the shame again and the shame leads to wanting to escape that shame and escaping the shame there's some easy ways to do it and there's some and and not necessarily constructive ways to do it did you did you want to comment on that Meredith well I think I think it's good to like from our perspective just realize that 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 is disappointing, like it's like to our kids, you know, and and it's and it's hard. And but I think the most important thing is that they see that we're working out of it, you know, and that we're we're progressing in it. And it takes time for them to see that and to to feel it. And um, and also, I think it's just a good life lesson too to point out, like everyone has times when they're progressing and times when, when they fall back. And, and the important thing is to not stay stuck there, right? Is to progress and to recognize where you are and to still have that hope and that, um, that drive to get out of it. Did I just let the, the fallback or the relapse give you the, the efforts? I'm right. just going to throw in the towel, man. I'm just going to do it anyway because I, I messed up. I'm never going to escape this. Don't get there is an important place to not go back to. Realize this is just a signal that you have healing to do and you um, have tools to help you heal. And you have people, some people don't have people. I'm blessed to have people to, around me and I'm blessed to have a wonderful counselor, a beautiful, wonderful, understanding wife, um, kids not so understanding, understandably so that they are not so understanding, 
but nevertheless, it's important to recognize this is not a sign that your recovery has failed. It's just that you have more work to do. I, I did, um, there were, I don't know how much feedback you want to speak to directly, but we had some basically like, hey, um, you didn't take ownership or you are trying to make excuses, make excuses, shift the blame, shift the blame to other people or in particular the other person. Um, and I kind of reflected upon that and I just thought, look, I didn't start this podcast to say, hey, guys, I am perfect now. <laughs> I'm perfect. I nailed it. I fixed everything in my life, and now I'm perfect. And now you can learn to become perfect like me. That's not why I started this podcast, because I'm not that person. I'm not perfect. I'm still, still on a healing journey. I started this podcast, nor did I start this podcast to confess in detail every sin I ever committed. You know, because some people are like, well, we know you did this. And what about this? And you're hiding this. You're not saying this. Well, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to share everything I've ever done wrong in this setting. This is not confessional. That's, you know? Yeah, that's not what it's for. Oh, we, start, I, we, we started the podcast. And I, the motivation behind started wanting to do this originally was we've been through some things. And through that have gained some valuable insights into life and how to have tools to navigate life. And we want to share that value with you guys so that you can take that and add that value to your life. Every time you listen to an episode, we desire to tactically give you info that you can add value to your life and make your life better because you listened. Yeah, perfect. There's a post by Kyle Creek. He calls himself the captain. And he says, in life, you'll be misunderstood. At some point, you'll be made out to be something that you're not. When this happens, it is not as important to defend yourself as it is to know yourself. Know who you are, know what you mean, and know enough to feel secure even though you're not seen. What do you think about that, babe? I love that. I love that because you do that. Ha I don't know. I found myself doing that, like wanting to explain everything in detail so that people could have our perspective and I realized like for one that's just not possible it's not possible and and then secondly it doesn't matter like it really doesn't matter um what's important is that this is this is where we were but this is where we are today and and hopefully we're in a better place tomorrow you know and and I think that as we give ourselves that grace and give that grace to others it's healing and that's what it's about it's just progressing right we're all here to progress and learn and and do better tomorrow than we did today and sometimes we don't and that's okay too that's okay too just recognize it but don't don't hang on to it there was an actor i wish i could remember who it was but um he was just asked if he had any regrets and he's like you know i really don't have regrets in my life. I've done some, a lot of things wrong, but when I recognize that I do something wrong, if I regret it and I soak in it and I just, you know, anguish in it, I'm just staying stuck in that. I'm not progressing. So I recognize it and I let it go and I move on and, and do better. And it's just a great way to approach life. That was lovely, babe. Speaking of moving on though, and not staying stuck there, we have a painting behind us. Do you want to tell 
tell our audience why you bought me that painting? Yeah, so that all kind of started with... Um, She's more Vanna Whitish than I am, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. She had a very long career. How's this? This is lovely. <laughs> Hug it with your face. <laughs> all right, is that enough? <laughs> um, so, good as the, it all started with the song, right? Well, like, yeah. Because you well, heard that song first, and then you, it began to be relatable to yeah, you. Yeah, so for King and Country, they have a song called Burn the Ships. And that song came to us at a time when it, man, that song still makes me emotional just thinking about it right now. But it was so powerful in our lives at that moment because it's exactly what I needed to do. And um, the history of burn the sh- burning the ships and, and the significance of that as a historical event um, back in 1519, Herman Cortez arrived in the New World with over 600 men. And upon arrival, he made a history by having his men destroy every single ship they came here with. And that sent a clear message to the men. There's no turning back. Forward is the only way. Like, there is no plan B here, right? And in our marriage and in my recovery and in the things, we needed to make that, that play. There's no turning back. We are committed to this. And it's good. And it's enriching. And we are going to burn the ship. Now, having a bottle under the sink is probably not burning the ship. So I realized when I burned my ships, I kind of soaked them in water first because I like those ships, right? And, and so, so when you threw the oil and the gas on and light the match, the blow, explosion's great. But there's still some of those ships there. I think a lot of times we do that. We have our favorite sins. We have our, and, 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 or escapes. I don't even necessarily like calling it favorite sins, right? We have habits, right? We're human beings. We're and creatures of habit. Right? Methods of escaping, right? You know, it's funny. Um, Jesus taught about this in the Bible. And after he died, um, at least six of the ten apostles, including Peter and John, were like, and, uh, you know, I'm going to go back and go fishing. And just, in John chapter 21, verse 3, I'm just going to paraphrase these scriptures, not quote them exactly. But Peter's like, hey, I'm going to go fishing, guys. And basically, we were fishermen before Jesus called us to be his disciples. And now that he's gone, let's go fishing. And six out of ten of them said, yeah, let's go. Because there were only ten remaining apostles at that point. Um, and so they went, and they, uh, they went out fishing, and um, they didn't burn those ships. And in a, in a talk called The First Great Commandment by Jeffrey Holland, I, I just wanted to quote, you know, in John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So we have neighbors to bless, children to protect, the poor to lift up, and the truth to defend. We have wrongs to make right, truths to share, and good to do. In short, we have a life of devoted discipleship to give and demonstrating our love of the Lord. We can't quit and go back. After an encounter with the living son of the living God, nothing is ever again to be as it was before. 
The crucifixion, atonement, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ mark the beginning of a Christian life. It is not the end. It was this truth, this reality, that allowed a handful of Galilean fishermen turned again apostles without a single synagogue or sword to leave those nets a second time and go on to shape the history in the world in which we now live. And I, I, you know, he taught them, hey, like, what are you guys doing here fishing? I taught, I called you to be fishers of men. You know, I can get fish. I've shown you twice. I don't need you guys to fish. I need you guys to be apostles and disciples. And that is a life calling, right? And um, I, 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 didn't, I didn't necessarily put that all together until I read this talk today and had this in mind, and I thought, he taught them to burn the ships, man. There's no going back. There's no plan B. I love that, you know, uh, talks about that in the New Testament, in the New Testament, in the New Testament. And um, Do you have anything you want to comment on that before I go into my rant that I came into the other day? Well, well we also <laughs> thought, you know, about, about burning the ships. We also, you know, you apply that in your marriage, and, like, if you have issues and Things that you're holding on to or that you're upset Do you want to save that for the next episode? About, oh, is that for the next one? You know, thinking about once you've committed to a recovery process or once you've committed to, like you were saying, your marriage just a second ago. We kind of cut that part of the clip, but you were saying that a second ago. (laughs) Um, Once you commit and you decide, you know, and Annie Frizella talks about this all the time. Every successful person you see that's super successful has no plan B. They have plan A, and they make plan A work, period. There is no choice, well, you no know, matter like, what it takes. Yeah, when, when people, comments that we've had, we've had people ask me, like, well, how did you hang on? How did you get through it? What did you do? What tools did you use? That was it. I had a plan A, and there was no plan B. So that's, that's powerful in in everything in your marriage and the way you raise your kids in your business and just your own personal life the things that you do to to just have personal success that's it you know and i think once you've decided to burn the ship it doesn't mean that you're not gonna have setbacks you are but the but it does mean that you're committed to the outcome and and so you're you're willing to navigate those setbacks and do whatever it takes to get through them whatever it takes to get through them so that you can achieve the outcome you want to achieve. And, I, and as I was reflecting upon some of the negative feedback that we've gotten and, and how judgmental it felt, I thought, you know, people almost are like trying to treat me like a light bulb. You know, it's like Lonnie hits the switch and he shines. And that's all he ever does again. But humans are not static creatures like that. Humans are dynamic creatures. You know, if you have a light bulb go out, you replace the light bulb, you expect it to work a few thousand times. And if it doesn't, the next day, you are disappointed. You're like, dang, why'd you freaking work? I just changed it. You're a brand new freaking light bulb. That's a pretty appropriate, I think, response, right? But if a human being slips and scrapes its knee, so to speak, or has a little relapse, I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay relapse, has relapse or has, you know, commits some mistakes, do we look at them and say, damn, what the hell's wrong with you? I thought you fixed that already. And that just shows that all that crap you did is who you really are. Is that helping the person? Is that driving them deeper into shame and their, and their addictions and their, um, what they're trying to escape? And I think we should look at human beings 
more like a more dynamic process. And a very dynamic process that I've likened that into my mind is the weather. Most of the time, Arizona, it's a beautiful, sunny, beautiful sky. Blue sky, it's beautiful. And then we get some violent storms that come through. And do we look at the sky and think, dang, why did God break the sky? You know? What's he doing? I knew we couldn't keep it together the whole time. I knew I knew he was going to mess up. Do we think that? Because I think essentially we're going to have storms in our lives that come into them. No matter what we do, we may always want to have a beautiful sunny day, but we're not always going to have a beautiful sunny day. Some days we're going to be going through a storm, and sometimes that storm is downright devastating, downright destructive, almost levels you. Maybe it does level you. But with that storm, you can take the opportunity to say, look, I have fresh ground here now. I have moisture here that I didn't have before. I have the ability to plant seeds I had not yet planted, and I can have a much better ending than I had ever dreamed. I think that is how we should approach people in recovery or people who, really all of us, because we're all dealing with progression and regression and hopefully net progression. We're all getting, you know, we're all striving to do the great things here in this world, and we are going to fall short. You know, the, the Bible, if you want to go back to the Bible, it's, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all do. That's why we needed Christ in the first place, right? And to look at somebody and say, hey, what's wrong with you? I, I knew this person was a fake. That just almost mocks the Savior's atonement because there's a reason it's necessary. There's a reason it's there. And so I, um, had, I, just, I, have, I was in the shower one night and that came to me and I thought, I got to get out. I actually got out and <laughs> started taking notes. Um, put a towel on for sure. I don't I don't know what your mental images were there. Hopefully they were nice, but anyway. <laughs> you know, um, I, I just feel like we need to be a little more understanding that humans are not light bulbs. And don't expect that of your spouse either, right? Yep. Hold expectations that necessarily aren't realistic in whatever the circumstances. Yep. And don't expect that of yourself. If you burn out, don't expect to have somebody replace you. You know, take that storm Take that moisture that was brought into your life. Take that new fresh ground that was, came from all that violence in the storm. Plant something great. Make something great in your life. Commit to plan A and burn the ships. Thanks for listening. <laughs>